On today's first round KO, we continue our NFL season preview with the AFC West. We talk Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs, and Broncos. It's a good talk. Me and Connor differ a lot on our picks this time. We're very high on two different teams, so it's 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 a good one. Don't worry about it. Let's get it. Shock the system. Welcome to the most must-hear WSUW sports podcast in history. Welcome to First Round KO. I am your host, KO, a.k.a. Howard J. Dingers, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Connor J.D. Moore. By the time this episode comes out, I'll still be on on a bus traveling. I'm not going to say where I'm traveling, but just know I'm traveling, and I'll still be on that bus. So, yay, me. Lots of uh, YouTube videos and Supercard, probably. Yeah, and by that, it's probably like 90% Supercard until I exhaust all <laughs> like the little, you know, the matches that I can use. And then I go to movies Yes, just to play Supercard again. I'm going to a wedding in case anyone's really curious. I'm going to, I'm going to a wedding. It's going, and yeah, and I've elected to... Do the Greyhound because my car needs some last-minute preparations for when I take it with me to Whitewater next week. So, yeah. Also, that is also a PSA. If anyone needs a, if anyone needs a DD in Whitewater, um, I have a car. That's also Five a bucks. PSA <laughs> that I, I have officially started the countdown, and it is officially uh, two more episodes after today. So this one <laughs> and two episodes until yep. Connor is live in studio with me. Is it really two? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Sunday and Tuesday. Because you, you come Wednesday, but we record episodes Sunday the day before, and Tuesday. So, that's yeah. right. So, yeah, two more episodes after today. Two two and a bonus, basically. Oh, that's right. The two in the West Wrestling Wednesdays. Right. But, but yeah, still. I didn't even, yeah. See, I knew that in the back of my head, but I didn't really... <laughs> I also, didn't really process. I was like, "Oh wow! Like I'm, lit- I'm literally going to be able to record the show in a studio a week from or a week from when we're recording this." Right. Also, I have an idea about Wrestling Wednesdays, um, and I'll talk to you about it afterwards. But everyone, keep your eye out for Wrestling Wednesdays because uh, a slight change to it might be uh, coming. So keep your eye on that, and also keep your also, eye out. Uh, so I we usually talk about this at the end of the podcast, but I want to bring it up at the beginning just because I don't know how many people actually stay to the end of the podcast, but um, <laughs> who knows? But that is like how that's just the most subtle acknowledgement that this may be too damn long for people. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but I just wanted to let everyone know that uh, obviously if you're listening to this, you know, you found us somewhere, but we are on, we're on SoundCloud. That's like the main one. So if you have an Android and you can't, we are, we are on iTunes. So like if you have an Apple product you can listen to us on itunes but if you don't have apple or you have android or something else you can listen to us on soundcloud but now we are also still not on spotify but <laughs> we are st- we are now on stitcher stitcher is a podcast app a great podcast app and uh it's like you know the go-to kind of thing it's um the and, Spotify of podcasts. Yeah, it's, the, it's the, it. yeah, it's the Spotify podcast, and it's available on Apple. It's available on Androids. It's available on desktop, and you can actually get it for your Alexa devices also. 
So wait, really? Yes, I I looked into this. And wait, you're, you're you're joking, right? So then you I think, can. I, I think I'm getting one. So dude, I have one and it's great. Um, nice. So like, yeah, you can just be like, hey Alexa, play this podcast on Stitcher. And then it'll start playing on Alexa. So, yeah. (laughs) Right? So, yeah, if you, for some reason, don't like SoundCloud (laughs) or something, whatever, it doesn't matter now because now you have another option. Stitcher is a new way to go. And, and, you know, a new way to share us. Just, yeah, whatever. So that was cool. That was a little update for you guys. But let's get on with the actual topic for today because today we are continuing our NFL season preview and we continue today with the AFC West. We're going to the West Coast today. We're talking about the Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos. Now, I started my history for this uh, division uh, at at 2000 because... The winner of the division in 1999 was the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> and I was very, I was like, oh, okay, they were in the AFC West at one point. So we're looking after 1999. So from 2000, that's where my history is. So the Broncos have won the division five times since 2000, um, including four years in a row with, in 2011 to 2015. And that was the first year was uh, when they had Tebow. And then the, the next three years were with Eli Manning. Eli Peyton Manning. Um, within those four years, they lost Super Bowl Forty Eight to the Seahawks, and then won Super Bowl Fifty against the Panthers. The Chiefs have won four division titles since two thousand, including the past two years. They have won in the last two seasons. Um, the Raiders have won three division titles since two thousand, um, but those were the first three in two thousand, two thousand one, and two thousand two, and they have not won since. Wasn't there a Super Bowl in there too? Yes, it might have been a wild card though. I can't. I swear they won. A, they were they won or appeared in the Super Bowl. They appeared. They did. Yes, they did appear in a Super Bowl fairly recently, not within the last eighteen years since two thousand. Okay, but it, I think it was off of a wild card. All right, sounds good. Um, and the Chargers have won five times. The same as the Broncos, the uh, L.A. now, they were San Diego. They have, yeah, five times, and their last one was back in 2009 when they were in San Diego. Um, but as far as last year, the Chiefs won, like I said before, they won the last two years, but the Chiefs were 10-6 and six winning this division. The Chargers, not close behind, was 9-7. and seven. Uh, The Chargers missed the playoffs. The Chiefs made it, and I don't remember what seed they were. Uh, probably either three or four. I'm not sure. The Raiders came in third at six and 10 and the Broncos not far behind at five and 11. And so, yeah, the, so now we're going to start with the Oakland Raiders. We're going to start off right away. Connor, what do you think of the Raiders? Packers fans look away. I don't think you guys are going to enjoy seeing Jordy Nelson in black and white. (laughs) Black and silver, whatever they are, whatever you want the, the colors to be. However, that is a very good receiving core with Amari Cooper and Martavis Bryant and a Jordy Nelson. And Derek Carr is still there, I think. Well, not I think, I know. Had a fairly down year considering two years ago when everyone thought the Raiders were ready to finally grab this division, you know, and claim it as theirs. Marshawn Lynch still there with the muscle hamster, a.k.a. Doug Martin. 
as the backup. Awesome. He hates that. He hates that nickname. He hated it in Tampa Bay. I can Bay. imagine. <laughs> and I was, and in my mind, I'm just like, yeah, I would hate that too. Because I mean, so yeah, they're calling you strong, but they're calling you freaking short. He but, does look small. He is small. Yes. I mean, I mean, physicality wise, no, he's right. He's not. He's height wise. Right. He's vertically challenged. That, that even sounds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> True. But offensively, I think they're fairly solid, honestly. Defensively, the biggest question here, oh, Lord, the biggest question here. What are they going to do about a Khalil Mack who has yet to return or even report at all? This is an all-pro linebacker. This guy has basically a Hall of Fame type of talent. Absolutely. And he's not there and they're entertaining the the idea of trading him i wonder i mean mario edwards the defensive tackle solid bruce irvin defensive end solid Derek johnson veteran presence pretty good to hear whitehead emmanuel lemur also good marcus gilchrist pretty fairly decent safety it the defense loses a lot of firepower. I mean, they're learning to get by without him, which is great, but I don't think they're going to go very far if you don't have Bruce, not Bruce Irving. He is he is there, and he's good, but he's no Khalil Mack. No, and he's not even what he used to be when he was in Seattle. Exactly. So, obviously, the biggest question mark is what do they do with Khalil Mack? Do they keep him? Do they trade him? In my opinion... John Gruden just needs to kind of get off this whole hardball thing. Just realize that it's not, you know, way back when anymore. Yeah. And just pay the man because I doubt you're going to get exactly what you want if you try to trade him. And basically he's just sitting at home now. And this defense, I don't necessarily desperately need him, but any defense would love to have a Khalil Mack on their team. So to get him back is crucial. I just say pay him. Just at this point I just give him a blank check and just tell him write what you want. You like you like you know the restrictions financially of the team. You know what you know what we kinda want to do. Write what you want. Yeah. So overall really the the success of this team I hate to say it really hinges on one man, but it kinda sorta Defensive performance and given some of the other teams in, in their division and some of the teams that they're going to have to play in their schedule, kind of hinges on that one man. So defense, obviously, biggest question here. Offense, I think, is solid enough. I think I think the offense bounces back from last year, which was in comparison to two years ago. I don't want to say abysmal, but it was not that good. It kind of made you wonder, oh, Lord, those Raiders are back. <laughs> the ones who would just find the creative way to blow it. Not what we were saying two years ago, and it was like, oh, damn, the Raiders are back. So I hope we get to see that from this offense. I'm more confident in the in the offense than I am the defense. Um. So today when I was writing my notes for all these teams, I found – I found that when while writing each one, each separate set of notes, I I I had a I had a singular word for every team that kept coming up. <laughs> so I have a single I have a word for every team. 
And my word for Oakland is solid. Because because they they are a solid team like they a lot of positions they have solid players but but it's not like it's not like an LA Rams where they have really good players at most positions or where they even have decent players at most positions they have solid as in like reliable kind of proven maybe getting past their age maybe not proven yet but has the potential the team is solid now the biggest question for me and this team, uh, obviously, obviously K Mac, but that's that that's just interesting to me. So it, it obviously that one. But the other biggest question for me is the coach, because John Gruden hasn't coached in the NFL in ten years. So it I I don't know how you leave a profession and go do something else, a softer, cushier job, and then come back ten years later and then just jump right back in. Oh, easy. Several managers in baseball have done it. <laughs> well, but I, baseball, I guess, is a little more. Di- I don't know. John Gruden to me, and I don't honestly to me, John Gruden wasn't a, that fantastic of a coach when he was first here. So, like, I, he he's the biggest question to me because it it really feels like to me that he is too set in his old ways and that he needs to g- catch up with the twenty first century here. Um, yeah, it. The fact that he hasn't even talked to K-Mac, it, like, really confuses me. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. The, John Gruden is a big question mark to me. I don't know how well he's going to be able to lead this team and use them to their full potential. But that's that's beside the point. So at quarterback, Derek Carr is great. I think uh, he has underperformed, especially since his injury a couple of years ago. But he has potential to be great. Marshawn Lynch, still beast mode somehow i don't he he hasn't aged really even after he retired he came back he's still beast mode not to the same level but he can still turn it on when he needs to and doug martin i think he can still be effective if gruden chooses to use him correctly that's the big caveat there solid wide receiver core uh cooper nelson martavis bryant fantastic receiving core if cooper can step up too but even if not nelson and bryant are going to be solid guys for Derek carr and then jared cook really good tight end i like him a lot the only thing is he's more receiving than blocking so that could affect the running game maybe but other than that Derek carr is going to have a lot of weapons on offense so i think the offense could potentially be really good depend again depending on john gruden and how he calls things um solid o-line so very solid uh kicker is a big question too not a lot of people are looking at this but the uh they just lost sebastian janikowski i think he's in seattle I don't know. Yes. Yeah, I think he's yeah. in there, but it, yeah. that doesn't matter. They they lost, you know, their veteran Janikowski, and now I think they drafted a kicker or they got a rookie kicker this year. So that it, watch special teams for the Raiders, and they lost Marquette King too because John Gruden didn't like him, even though he's one of the best punters out there right now. Um, so watch that too. The, the special teams will be interesting for the Raiders. What just. Keep your eye out on that. Defense is really solid. I think they have good passer. I'm I'm assuming right now, when I during my analysis, I'm assuming Khalil Mack plays. Until he gets shipped, I'm going to assume he plays for them. Because he's not gonna sit out, I don't think. He he wouldn't do that. He he'll he'll eventually play. He'll either get paid or he won't. And then he'll be a free agent next year. It's whatever. But I'm assuming he's still there. Defense is solid. They have really good pass rushers, solid defensive backs. 
but oh, and an okay D line. Their strength is their outside linebackers with Irving and Kalumak. So, yeah, like like I said, the defense is solid. Overall, this team, like I said, solid, but needs to perform because I, like you said too, the last couple of years they've really underperformed. They could be a playoff team. They have a lot of potential too. My biggest question though is John Gruden and the coaching staff. I'm really interested to see what they do. I don't know if he's able to catch up after being gone for 10 years. Um, and then, yeah, if they if they lose Khalil Mack, that's going to hurt the defense tremendously, and I don't know how well they're going to be able to compete without him. So keep your eye out on that too. Do you want to add anything? I hope Amari Cooper doesn't suffer from a case of the drops again like last year. Yeah, me too. I really like Amari Cooper. <laughs> all right. That's a, that's pretty much all I had to add. Yeah. Let's move on to the L.A. Chargers. Connor, what do you think of the Chargers? Never should have left San Diego, but that, now that that ship has sailed and will never return, I guess this means I have to look at the team. Uh, they're cursed. This team is cursed. They always have the talent to win the division, and then something bad always happens. They are cursed, and it's always injuries with them. It is always, 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 always injuries with them. I mean, let me look at injured reserved right now. Okay, Jalen Watkins, defensive back, gone. Jason Verrett, one of the top cornerbacks, gone. Austin Roberts, a really good tight end, in my opinion, gone. Um, Hunter Henry, the tight end. Oh. He's on the active list, but physically, he's on the physically unable to perform list right now. Didn't he tear his ACL? I think so. I thought he did. I thought he was out for the season. He's probably done so, yeah. So, and last year, I remember when Keenan Allen went down, and then years mm-hmm. before. This team is so snake bitten with injuries. Uh, you know, usually this is the part where I kind of just want to be a, a jack, you know. I kind of want to be a jerk here. This is usually the part where I just beat, beat that guy. It's like, oh, it's because of karma because you all love San Diego. But no, they have always been so snake bitten with injuries. It is just not fair, honestly. Yeah. Because you look at the roster on paper, and even with the team that they still currently have, really, really, really good. Can, it can contend to win the division. It really can. Phillip Rivers is one of the most criminally disrespected quarterbacks for oh, whatever easily. for whatever reason. But he is crim he is just disrespected for no apparent reason. Virgil Green, a good tight end. Do I really need to talk about Melvin Gordon? He's either number one or number two, depending on on other people's list on who the best running back is in the league. Honestly, so it's that oh. one's. That one's subject to opinion. I was going to say, I need top five at least, but I don't, I don't know about number one. <laughs> subject to opinion, but yes. I, I would say I would say either him or Levy or and Le'Veon Bell. I don't in, in in my in my opinion. I put Zeke up there too. Three. I'm okay. Zeke is three, but I have a I have a I have a gripe with uh, Zeke Elliott. That's fair. Anyway. Uh, Keith, Keenan Allen, if he can stay healthy, we know what he's capable of. Mike Williams, a really good wide receiver. We know what he's capable of. The offense, and even with the offensive line, they can score points in 
bunches, bunches. And then on defense, Joey Bosa is a very young and very, very good defensive end. Melvin Ingram on the opposite side, (laughs) also really, really good. Casey Hayward, you know, he's... Packers fans remember him, and I think he's a really, I think he's a, a fairly decent cornerback. Up, you know, he's not bad, he's not great. I think he's good. He the, had great numbers last year, like he great did. numbers. Like he rivaled Jalen Ramsey last year. You know, the, this defense obviously is going to hurt with those injuries, obviously, because the most of them happened on the defensive side of the ball. But overall, the biggest thing for the Chargers for me is health. If mm-hmm. they can't afford to lose any more people, honestly, I think if well, I mean injuries are going to happen, but if for the most part this roster is is healthy from week one to six to week seventeen, even though no roster is fully quote unquote healthy right. going into the regular season, but if they can still stay relatively healthy through the entire regular season, they can win. The, they can win the division because they always have had the talent. Luck has just never been on their side. Um, so the word, well, words for this team, the words that I have are really good. That's that comes up almost at every position. This this team, in my eyes, top to bottom, most talented team in the division. Especially when you look at the injured people. Like if you take everyone on the roster, even the injury prone, or it, even the people who are injured right now. 100 I mean, yes they are injury prone <laughs> right 100 percent, the most uh talented roster in this division a top to bottom even without the injuries or even yeah even without the injured players i still think they're one of the most talented uh teams be and so all right top to bottom best quarterback in the division easily rivers is over or underrated like you said and all reliable like he he has been playing out of his mind the past couple of seasons. And I think he's got some good weapons now. He's got really good wide receivers in Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Travis Benjamin. And what I really like about that group of guys is the balance of speed and height because you have Mike Williams, who's a big dude, red zone threat. You have Travis Benjamin, who just outruns everyone and sneaks by everyone. And then you have Keenan Allen, who's a good combination of the both. Like he's got a little bit of height, but he's also got a lot of speed. So it's a really good combination there. I really like the balance at wide receiver. Really good offensive line. They usually keep Rivers off his back. Really good running back in Melvin Gordon on Wisconsin. Also, shout out Derek Watt on Wisconsin. But, yeah, the running backs are great. I think Melvin Gordon, like I said, top five running back in the league right now. Even though his his rookie year was... is hard to watch. Tight end is okay with Virgil Green. If if Hunter Henry was there, fan, he's a fantastic dude. He would have been a great weapon for Philip Rivers. But I think Virgil Green will fill that role pretty nice. On the defensive side of the ball, you have to start with Joey Bosa because that kid is just an animal on the defensive side. One of the like he's on. I I'd say right under Aaron Donald, he's like unblock the next most unblockable guy. Like it's it, him. I'd put him in the same conversation as J.J. Watt right now. The dude is just phenomenal. Cornerbacks, really good. Casey Hayward, top five, I think, in the league. Trevor Williams and Desmond King, no scrubs. And they'll be playing. If they had, uh, what was it, Jason Verrett, right? If they had him, 
this these corners would be fantastic. Overall, like I said, really good team. Top to bottom, t- very talented roster. Quarterback huge or quarterback play is huge. Like I've been saying all throughout our NFL preview, quarterback play is big and Philip Rivers has been great lately and with this specific offense now, if they stay healthy like you were talking about, if they can stay healthy or if they can stay as healthy as possible <laughs> because obviously no team Every team loses someone. Uh, but if they can stay healthy, Phillip Rivers with this offense, LA is going to be really good. Not great, because I do see some holes in like the middle of the defense linebacker-wise and on the, a little bit on the line, like in the middle of the line. So like the middle of the defense, I see holes. So not great, really good. Overall, just really good. Do you want to add anything? No, I don't really... I don't really have much to add. As I said, they're just so snake bitten. It's just unfair. Honestly, it is beyond unfair to team. It really is. All right. The next team is the Kansas City Chiefs. Connor, what do you think of the Chiefs? Biggest question, quarterback. I'm going to get that out the way right now. I'm going to get that out the way right now. Sure, Patrick Mahomes has a very big arm and he's fairly mobile, but he hasn't really done a whole lot. Okay, well, he was a backup so, quarterback last year. <laughs> preseason, oh yes, but preseason wise, I mean, I know they're very high on his talent and everything, mm-hmm. but you keep hearing Obviously, about the mistakes they he traded keeps, away. He keeps making right. He, you keep hearing about the mistakes they can, he keeps making in practice, constantly throwing interceptions, and then pre then his preseason performances have been less than stellar, and. You kind of have to – you look at that offense, and he legitimately is the biggest question mark. With an offense with Tyree Kill and Marcus Robinson and Anthony Thomas and Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey and Kareem Hunt and Spencer Witt, those names alone are going to help him. So there's going to be touchdowns scored. But he needs to get the ball to them. He needs to get the ball to them consistently. So I, so the biggest question mark right away for the offense and for the team, really, is how how soon is he going to get acclimated? How soon is he finally going to be like, okay, the, like I'm the starter. I need to play average. Average is just all is all they do. Because his skill sets, his arm, his mobility, it works very well with the, with how they operate offensively. But still, the biggest thing is going to be his performances because he is not given, other than just his raw talent, what else have we seen to be like, oh yeah, this kid could definitely yeah. be a stud. Not not much. Not much. We've no. seen glimpses. We've seen glimpses of of that cannon of an arm. We've seen his athleticism. What else? We haven't seen much. And with that much of a high-powered offense around him, he's he's got to get it in gear sooner rather than later. Looking at the defensive side of the ball, I mean, obviously legged by Eric Berry, one of the best safeties in the league, Reggie Raglan and over at the linebacker position, as well as Justin Houston, Anthony Hitchens, Alan Bailey, Xavier Williams, Chris Jones down on the line. Kendall Fuller, the same, the Fuller family is just all over the place in the <laughs> league, it feels like. Yes. So, all right. This team, they did win the division last year. 
that offense alone, minus Patrick Mahomes, if Mahomes plays average, average is all they is really the least they need him to be at the at the very least. That offense is going to blow up. You know, it's, it's, it's going to score points. It is high powered. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is fast. It is good. Defense, they're not great. It's not the best defense in this division no. at all. No. But they can definitely, they are definitely really, really good. Justin Houston is an absolute stud. Yes. At lineback, at the linebacking position. So this defense good. It's not great. It's not bad. It's not average. It's good, but it's just that. It's not. It's not upper echelon good to great. It's not barely. It's just. It's. It's a good defense. Still some cracks in, in there, but can get the job done. My biggest. My biggest question is Patrick Mahomes, without a shadow of a doubt. I don't know if the. Sure, the defense could do the job, and the offense can score points. But how is the offense going to score points if he can't? If he can't get the A, get the ball to anybody, or B, is throwing picks all over the place. Fair point. Uh, my word for the Kansas City Chiefs is excited because they're, you'll see, it, excitement, exciting, excited. Because, first of all, and apparently we don't share this uh, feeling, but I am excited for Patrick Mahomes. I I have heard a lot of his talent. And I saw, you know, there are glimpses in preseason. Like you said, it's nothing special. There's not, there's no big performance in preseason or anything like that. But there are glimpses of him being great. And I personally think he has a bright future based on his talent. And apparently, so do the Chiefs because they traded away Alex Smith right. so that Patrick Mahomes can be their starter. So they – I. To me, that speaks a lot of volumes, too, because they obviously saw something in him that was like, all right, well, you know what? We we don't want to wait for Smith to leave or retire. We want this to start now. We want, we want the Patrick Mahomes era to be now. So they shipped him off to Washington. So that gives me a lot of confidence in my in my feelings about Patrick Mahomes because I think I really do think Patrick Mahomes is going to be a good quarterback. So I'm really excited to see him play this year. The wide receivers, very exciting. Because Tyreek Hill, holy crap, does he have some blazing speed. And, uh-huh. and he, he super fun to watch, super exciting. Like And so him, and now they have Sammy Watkins, who is going to be able to, you know, they're going to be able to disguise that a lot where you have either Sammy Watkins running a deep route and, and Tyreek Hill maybe running like a slant so that he can catch and run. Or Sammy Watkins running something in the middle of the field, and that's going to get Tyreek open in the in the like that. That's a fantastic pairing. I really like that a lot. Um, so I and that that to me is going to help Patrick Mahomes too because he's got the cannon. He's got the cannon arm, so he's going to be able to fit stuff in the middle of the field, and he's going to be able to get the ball deep uh, to Tyreek Hill. Kareem Hunt, I love it running back. I have a soft spot for Toledo. Uh, so I'm really excited to see him playing in the NFL and killing it in the NFL. I might add, like he's really good rookie year, really fun, uh, running back to watch. Super exciting. Offensive line is going to play a big part in this, uh, in this offense because it, you know, they obviously they need to protect Mahomes and they, for the most part, they need to keep him in the pocket. I think is what the biggest thing is because, 
young quarterbacks tend to run more than they should. Like I think it if he can get comfortable in the pocket, I think he'd probably be better. Who knows? Maybe he can throw really good on the run. We don't really know yet. But to to me, like as far as a young quarterback, I would be telling my offensive line to attempt to keep him in the pocket as much as he can. And then obviously blocking for uh, Kareem Hunt, but even when he, he's got blazing speed too. So even when you do have to block for him, it's like two seconds. So I think O-line is going to be key for this offense. On defense, I'm I'm not very high on this defense because they lost market. They traded away Marcus Peters. And honestly, to me, this defense now only has Eric Berry and Justin Houston. Like the rest of the guys are okay. They'll be able to hold their own, but I, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm interested to see what they're going to do on defense. Like I, I think, I think that Eric Berry and Justin Houston, especially being like a pass rushing linebacker and a safety, I think they can influence the defense enough to where they'll be good. They'll be a good defense. Like you said, but I don't know how much they actually can carry the defense as like as far into the season I don't know how long they can do it or even throughout a full game I don't know but I I think those two are good enough that they can't carry a defense so so we'll see about the defense that that's one of the big question marks for me on this team overall offense is going to be really fun and exciting to watch this defense could play decent uh carried by Barry and Houston we'll see but they're, but they're going to have to put up. I think this team, in order to win games, they're going to have to put up a lot of points, and so that really is going to fall on Patrick Mahomes to get the ball to his playmakers. Um, if nothing else, if if they're not good this season, Kansas City has a really exciting future. All right, let's talk Denver Broncos. Connor, what do you think about the Broncos? <laughs> about i just wanted to talk about how how the defense <laughs> was talking about defenses oh look at this one <laughs> <laughs> i mean wow <laughs> I'm fine, everybody else is all i have to say because yep. um wow first of all von miller and then Shane Ray, Bradley Chubb, who is going to benefit so well for having the guys Von Miller and Brandon Marshall and Bradley Roby and Todd Davis on the team, Domata Pico, Sam Gost. All right, you know what? I'm not. I'm just gonna make my synopsis, my whole summer on the defense. Very simple. Good. Second best defense in the league. Moving on. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly yeah so that's done and dusted anyways offensively Demarius Thomas still there still a force Emmanuel Sanders still there also still a pretty a, a, a pretty good force Jeff Hewerman a tight end you know I think eventually Jake Butt's gonna be their tight end eventually yeah and I think he's going to he's gonna star as their tight end I think so too Devontae Booker and Royce Freeman, I would assume, are going to go are really going to go one and two here. I think Royce Freeman is eventually going to become the starter sooner rather than later. Probably, if at the latest, I think by midseason. I think he 
gives this. I think he gives that offense a new dynamic. Case Keenum. I have a soft spot for Case Keenum. <laughs> the the only time I found myself hating Case Keenum was when he wore Minnesota Vikings jersey. Why do you have a soft spot for him? You know, I really liked watching him in college, and oh okay, you know, everywhere he went, I was like, oh yeah, Case Keenum. It's just like my weird. It's just like my weird soft spot for Matt Barkley. Couldn't really couldn't tell you. Couldn't honestly oh. God, tell you why that soft spot still firmly exists. I forgot he was. But it exists. But you know, again, I think the question here is going to be: Is I mean, we talked about this with Washington and. Kirk Cousins and who else and Sam Bradford and really any of those quarterbacks that came there we're really going to see if he if Case Keenum was a product of the system he was in or if he if there's actual some talent there he found he finally found that he found that that lifeline to his was about to be a very journeyman backup type of career and I think he has the talent to be a serviceable starting quarterback. I don't think we're going to see crazy numbers like we did last year, although with the talent around him, which is a little bit less than the talent that was around him last year. Mm-hmm. I think I still think he can put up some pretty good numbers, but I think that's where the question mark lies with the Denver Broncos is what Case Keenum are they going to get? Are they going to get Case Keenum? Average Case Keenum, which he was for the most part of his career, or are they going to get Case Keenum, Minnesota Viking? Because if they get that Case Keenum, this team is winning the division without a shadow of a doubt. If they get if they get Minnesota Vikings, Case Keenum, they win the division. Yeah, I I can see that. Um, so the word that I have for the Broncos is interesting, and I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's good or bad. (laughs) So I'm very interested to see how Case Keenum does away from Pat Shermer. We've talked about this with a couple guys and, you know, with his new team in New York. I, it, it, like you said, it's going to be interesting to see if Case Keenum was a product of the system, because I, I really do think that Shermer had a lot to do with his success. So like I said, interested to see how he does but he is going to have a lot of help with the wide receiver core and the tight end too the with but with the talent around him um on this offense so he could still put up good numbers running back is going to be interesting because they don't have cj anderson now and the other two guys are not very they're not proven in the nfl so on the offensive side that's the biggest question for me like because we know case keenum even if he isn't going to put up Minnesota numbers, we still know what to expect from him from his other from his days with other teams. The running backs are going to be the biggest question. Uh, wide receivers, like I mentioned, great wide receiving combination. Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, they've been together for years, and they know what to do with each other. They know how to uh, they know how to play with each other. So I'm so they're they're going to be great. They're going to help Case Keenum a lot. Um, I'm interested to see who else who else steps up on that team as far as the receiving core. 
I'm also interested to see, I mentioned him before, I'm, I'm interested to see uh, Jake Butt step up because I really do think he's going to be their tight end. And we've seen what Denver can do with tight ends. They, you know, they had Julius Thomas for all that time, and those were his best years of his career. And then they even brought in, oh, now I'm forgetting, is it Vernon Davis? They brought him in, and he played really good towards the end of his career too. So I, I think, you know, Denver has good history with tight ends. I think Jake Butt has the talent to be that next guy, um, and he, he's got a lot of potential. So I'm interested to watch him. Offensive line is meh. <laughs> Uh, the defense scary, flat out scary. They always have been, but we'll well actually we'll get to that in a second. Interest. I'm interested to see how Bradley Chubb does because I think he has the talent to be one of the top uh, defensive lines in the league, the defensive lineman. Uh, but it it it's also interesting because he has so much other talent around him. Like he is going to add to one of the best defenses in the league. So i really interested. I think he's going to benefit greatly from the defense around him, um, along with Derek Wolf, who on the other side of him, who's a very solid guy. Fantastic linebackers. Miller, uh, Von Miller, obviously fantastic. Brandon Marshall, very underrated middle linebacker. I like him a lot. I'm really interested about their secondary because, you know, there's, their safeties are pretty solid. But I'm interested to see who steps up as far as cornerbacks now that they don't have a keep to leap. So, yeah, I, I'm interested to see who steps up in the secondary and helps because, yes, that D line is going to be able to, and the you know the linebackers they're going to be able to cover the middle of the field and they're going to get to the quarterback fairly quickly. But if your corners aren't able to cover, that's an issue. So I I am very interested to see that. Overall, like I said very interested by the Broncos team because I think Keenum can be very solid, especially with the wide receivers around him. But running back is a question mark. That could hurt him. Plus, we just don't know what case Keenum we're going to get. O-line is also a big question mark. Um, And then the secondary could be interesting without Tlaib. And like I said, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. We're either going to see some guys step up that we haven't really seen before, or we're going to see a lot of quick passes by opposing teams getting the ball out before that defensive line can get there. And those, those corners and safeties are going to have to make some plays defense defense is going to ultimately carry this team. Like even if Keenum plays good, he's still not a great quarterback defense. The defense is going to need to carry this team. I think it, especially without, and I don't know how well that's going to work out for them too, because without a running game, there's all the chance that these two are going to step up at running back, but without a running game, it's hard to, you know, running game and defenses kind of go hand in hand. Like if, if you have a really good running game that benefits the defense because you're, you know, able to keep the defense off the field longer, blah, blah, blah. It just benefits. So without that running game, that could impact it too. So defense is going to have to carry this team and yeah, we'll see which case Keenum will get. You want to add anything before we move on? Not really. All right. Let's get to our final predictions then. Who do you have at number four? Oh, this <laughs> this one's hard. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, this, this one's very This division's I, – I don't think we're going to have similar picks on this. No. No, I don't. I don't even think – See, I'm gonna say my picks, and I'm, and by the time this episode comes out, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have already ripped it up and be like, no, 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 it's this about five times over. Yep. 
So I'm lit- so everyone who's listening to this, keep that keep that in mind as I am even not fully a thousand percent sure what I'm and what I'm about to say right now, and I've had all day to think about this. All right. For the sole fact that someone's gotta be it. Someone's got to be fourth, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna have a horrible record. The Chargers. Mm. Wait, you have the Chargers at four? Yep. Even though I just sang all their praises, I don't. Something tells me that something tells me it's just they're not going to have a bad record at all. I think seven and nine is a fairly decent record. But man, oh man, you, you can't look at this team the past few years and tell me they have not been so screwed you with have bad at, luck. at seven and nine at the bottom of the division. Yeah. Seven. I feel like seven and nine is too high for a fourth place team, but any, but I'm, I'm dumbfounded right now. I, <laughs> to be fair, I couldn't tell you what record they're going to have. I don't right. No, just, just for the sole fact that someone's got to be it. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I changed my I changed my thing. You want to see somebody go from first to worst? I I'm not sold on Patrick Mahomes. I see this is who I talent. thought you were gonna. Pick. I don't think it's there. This is who I thought you were gonna pick it for. I was gonna go there, but I thought, but I was thinking, no, that offense is way too high powered to allow it to go forth. But it's it's a quarterbacks league, <laughs> and yeah, final answer for now but as i like the potential in patrick mahomes okay. i don't i just i don't think it clicks this season i really don't that's fair and i think that is going to weigh down what is what sh- should be a very high pro high powered offense because he's a quarterback that could he's a quarterback with his skill sets apart from you know in comparison to alex smith could push this offense to really be high powered really be fast moving yep. I don't think he consistently keeps that offense on the field, though. I really don't. Okay. And I hope he proves me wrong. So my third and fourth team I have set at the same records. But I obviously one has to be fourth, and I think there's a tiebreaker in there. So I have, just based on just just, tr- just hard feelings, I have Denver at four. Because I'm not sold on their offensive line. I'm really not sold on their running backs. I'm not sold that Case Keenum is going to be the same without Pat Shermer. I think we're going to see a lot of Rams Case Keenum. And I'm not sold on the secondary of Denver either. As good as the rest of the defense is, I'm not sold on them. Like I said, their defense is going to carry them, but I don't know. Obviously, you can't have your defense just carry you throughout the season. It's it's that's just, even with even with their best defenses, they had a good they had Peyton Manning at quarterback. So uh, to me, I'm not sold on this Denver team. Six and ten at four, Denver Broncos. Who do you got at three? The Oakland Raiders. Okay. You know I like the talent on that team a lot. I think Khalil Mack, who is pretty much all but certain to be traded since they basically just threw him on the trade block earlier today, or when you guys are listening to this, yesterday. <laughs> but 
Which, by the way, I just got an alert on that about another team who is supposedly very high in on the sweepstakes, and I am trying to tame excitement because I know it's not going to happen because I know Chicago front offices. Ah. Anyways, (laughs) but the Oakland Raiders, I think in Gruden's return year, I I think there's going to be... They're going to be better than a little bit better than they were last year, but man, oh man, it's ah <sighs> that defense is going to struggle with no Khalil Mack. They're good enough. They're good enough to hold their own, but I I still think that even if even if Derek Carr and that offense can really get them, you know, rounded into shape, I think that defense is going to give up too many points. Um, at three and also at six and ten. I have the Kansas City Chiefs. As high as I am on Patrick Mahomes, not sold on the defense. And because of because I really only think, you know, their top two I think the difference between their top two players and the rest of the defense, there's a large gap in between them. So I don't know how well that balances out. I'm not sold on that. But they have enough talent on offense to kind of match that. But I don't think to match that for, like I said, for six games. But I don't think they can do that for a full season. I don't think Patrick Mahomes in his first season as a starter is going to be able to carry a team, you know, with us with a bad defense. I think it's going to catch up to them a lot of the times. I think, but I I do think this Kansas City team has a very bright future. So we'll see. I I would bet I would bet my money on Kansas City next year. Not this year. Kansas City at three, six, and ten. All right, who do you have at two? Chargers. Okay, I was gonna say I Chargers. thought you, <laughs> I thought you were gonna change San Diego from four to one, but <laughs> no, that... <laughs> Chargers. Chargers. You know, the, uh, you know, I repeat everything that I said earlier about the Chargers. They're horribly snake bitten. They are horribly cursed. <laughs> Nothing just seems to go right with them with the injury bug or really anything for that matter. But still, you look at the team on paper, and it's you. I mean, honestly, I think the only reason they didn't really have a little bit more of a stranglehold on this division the past few on the past few years was because of Peyton Manning was playing quarterback for the Denver Broncos, and they were right. at the height of their powers. That might be literally the only reason why. And then with last, and then last year it was just there was too much stuff going on on the field and off the field. In all honesty, with the Chargers, but I think this year you have an established running back. You have a guy who is a fringe future Hall of Famer. You have a, a talented team, top to bottom. They can push for a playoff spot, but I mean. As I mentioned earlier, with all the injuries, with all the bad luck that they have, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they finish lower in the division because of just it just seems to be a very Chargers thing to happen to them, not by any fault of their own. Yeah. All right. Um, at number two, I have Oakland. I have Oakland Raiders. I mostly because of quarterback play. I think Derek Carr is that good. I think he can help that team they have a lot of talent at wide receiver now even if Amari Cooper has a case of the drops again this year they have Nelson and Bryant that they can go to so and I really good combination at running back and you know the defense interesting like that's why I have I have them at nine and seven 
and maybe even like an eight and eight type of thing. But I, I'm going to lean nine and seven because like I said, I'm assuming Khalil Mack plays. If he gets traded, this will change. But as of right now, if he stays, they have a solid enough defense where they can put pressure on the quarterback and their corners are solid um, and they can, you know, they can cover. So the defense is solid and the offense is, I think, a little more than solid. So I, I, I really do think David or Derek Carr, if he has a good year, th- that he can push this team a little past mediocrity. <laughs> um, but I, I really do think John Gruden hinders this team. I Honestly, if I, if I was a little more high on the head coach of the Oakland Raiders, I would probably put them at number one in this division. But because I'm so concerned with how John Gruden's going to coach, I, I think he hinders that a lot. And I think they end up around nine and seven. Uh, uh, second the division and Connor who do you have winning the division Denver Broncos because I am much more higher on Case Keenum than you are (laughs) and that defense I mean defense still wins championships that's arguably one of the best it's it's top three defense in the league there's enough offensive power there to to will them to the top of the division I think that I think they get it done I think the Broncos do get it done I kind of would have liked it for you to keep the Chargers at four because then we would have had one and four just flipped. That would have been really interesting. But, yes, at number one, I have the Chargers because I believe in Phillip Rivers and quarterback play, and I think he's been playing great lately, and I think he keeps that up. I really like the defense, like, a lot. Like, they have a good combination of pass rushing and – pass defending as far as the D line and the secondary. So I really like that. There's a question in the middle of the defense at the linebacker positions. But other than that, I really like, I really like their defense. And then they, obviously they have an immense amount of talent on the offensive side of the ball at running back wide receiver and quarterback. So I really, I really like this chargers team. I have them at 11 and five because I really do believe that they could even potentially win 12 games. I think they I think they lock up the division pretty easily. I think they're the only team to come out of this division as far as playoff spots because I I just think there's other teams in the in in the AFC who are going to be able to vie for those uh spots a little more than the rest of these teams, but a lot of I think a lot of mm, I would say bright futures for t- two bright futures for Kansas City and Oakland and I think the Broncos are coming to the end of an era, much like Seattle, but I think they're just a couple years behind Seattle. Like, I think in two or three years, this Broncos defense is going to disperse um, eventually. So they, they need to start, I think they need to start capitalizing on that. The Chargers, I the Chargers are like in the now. Like, they are ready to win right now, even if they're injury-plagued. I'm I obviously I do all these pretty I don't take injuries into the obviously they could have injuries um any team can so I I'm looking at this roster as is 11 and 5 Chargers making the playoffs probably one of the I'd say like a three seed or something like that so all right that wraps up AFC West stay tuned for Monday for the next AFC division either the east or the north not sure yet <laughs> We'll see. Uh, Stay tuned for that. Let's get to some segments. Uh, First, I would like to, before we get to winners and losers, 
I would like to nominate my pick for tweet of the day because Adam Schefter, and now I lost it, but I'm gonna I know it anyway. Adam Schefter after this Browns Eagles preseason game, Adam Schefter, the NFL insider, tweeted uh Cleveland beats Philadelphia 5 0. Corey Kluber gets the win. <laughs> that made me laugh really hard. So Adam, good job. Tweet of the day. Anyway, winners and losers. Connor, who do you have winning today? UFC two twenty nine. The official poster has been revealed for Khabib versus Connor. Is it October yet? I'm like I'm pretty sure. Did you see the other fight that literally got announced a half hour ago? Yes. Yes, I did. And I am so ready. Tony Ferguson versus Anthony Pettis. That card is just shaping up to be so good. I'm I'm telling you right now, I already told Kiz this. I'm gonna meet up with him for that for that one. So you are you are more than welcome to join us. Uh yeah, I was I would yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that's gonna be an amazing card and I can't wait to yeah. watch that. Tell me where. Hopefully, I'm done with football stuff. I think that's the same day as a football game, because I'll be done Probably. earlier in the day. So, yeah, yeah, give me enough time to throw off my dress clothes, and I'm there. Hell yeah, yeah, I can't wait for it. Winner for me today is me, because I woke Are, up. You're allowed to do that. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I make the rules, right? Oh my god! Um, the reason That's I how dictatorship start, but all right, <laughs> probably it's fine. The reason I win today is because I woke up this morning to, you know, my Thursday episode. I I listened to I listened to a number of podcasts, mostly mostly wrestling podcasts, but I listened to two barstool podcasts, and that would obviously be part of my take. And the Pat McAfee show. I woke up today to the Pat... comeback season. Not make not make the cut here. Does what? comeback season oh that's yeah come back that's that's a barstool show that is you're right that yeah you're right i haven't listened to it much lately i forget about it but it is it, that one's up there too but this morning i woke up to a new pat mcafee episode and it was simply titled pat mcafee show dash aaron Rodgers." And Pat McAfee got to interview aaron Rodgers, and those are two of my favorite sports human beings ever and it was a great conversation it was amazing they are now best friends <laughs> and they told each other that they live through each other vicariously all the time and that they're jealous of each other and all this stuff it was it was just a great interview pat loves aaron aaron loves pat and aaron Rodgers said he wants to come on the show again it was an excellent episode of a podcast go listen to it after you're done listening to this and yeah, that's why I won today because I just I I screamed a little in my head when I saw it and I got really excited. So I win today. And yes, that's allowed <laughs> because I make the rules. All right, who do you got losing today, Connor? You for running a dictatorship. <laughs> Anyways, um, my loser. Right at not even a not even one show, one full show separated from the last time I sang this guy's praises, Michael Kopech. Mm. Why racist tweets resurfacing again? I don't feel like harping on it. We all know how I feel about it. 
I don't know how I feel about Michael Kopech at this moment. I still love him, but I still think that that doesn't excuse. I don't take back anything I've said in previous. Oh, guys, PSA. If you've become cultured enough to realize the things you have said in the past are wrong, and you realize you're in a position of power or position of success, please, please, please go back and delete any racist tweets or homophobic tweets or misogynistic tweets or any bad tweets like that. Please, I am done talking about this. Major League Baseball, just... I am exhausted talking about this. It is dumb. It is already tired out. 2018, the year where we parlay the, the year of the long ball and racist tweets. Welcome to Major League Baseball, everybody. PEDs aren't the number one issue. Racist tweets are. I really liked watching the audio capture while you were talking there because there was a there was a really good cadence and it almost looked like a heartbeat. <laughs> oh it was just really entertaining to watch. My loser today, and I know this happened over the weekend, but I I kept forgetting to talk about it, and I really do want to talk about it, and I kind of almost want to spend a little bit of time on this because I kind of want to hear your thoughts on this, Connor, because okay. I, I have some thoughts on this. So my loser is Dave Meltzer, and now I don't know if anyone – I don't know if – yeah, I don't know if anyone has heard this. So Dave Meltzer – he is the the main dude on the wrestler obser- wrestling observer. So like he's basically like the Adam Schefter and Woj of WWE. Now, on his uh, radio show, him and uh, Brian Alvarez, his co-host, were talking about you know the, they were talking about the SmackDown show. I think this is I think that's where or no yeah they were talking about was... last week's SmackDown show. Yeah, last week's SmackDown. Right. Um, so here's the conversation. Here's what happened. Meltzer said, I thought the Iconics had a cool act in NXT and on the main roster, I don't get a thing out of them. I don't think their promos are particularly good. The wrestling isn't good. I think even like, I think Peyton Royce's transformation to look more attractive. I don't know. I don't want to say, but I don't think that. And then Brian Alvarez jumps in and says, that they were more attractive in NXT. And Meltzer continues, says, I thought so, yes. To me, I would say so, but that's neither here nor there. Brian Alvarez wants to jump in and clarify, apparently, and says, no one's saying that she's unattractive, by the way. Um, And Meltzer continues by saying, "Uh, I know. (laughs) He says, I know, no shit. And then he says, yeah, I didn't say that at all, but she doesn't stand out to me. When she was in NXT, she did. She was a lot lighter. Now, this is this is the point that I want to talk about, because for anyone who doesn't know Dave Meltzer, he is not a fan of female wrestlers getting plastic surgery and boob jobs. I'm just gonna fly. He 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 is not a big fan of boob jobs. And on, on so that is definitely like one hundred percent. He clear he went back on and clarified it. That is what he was talking about when he said that Peyton Royce looked lighter or is or was lighter in NXT. That's what he was because she has gotten a boob job since she's on the main roster. 
Now, th- he has gotten a lot of flack because Peyton Royce then uh, came out and and she tweeted saying, so what would you have me do, Dave? Starve myself? This is how nightmares start for young women. The females in your life must be proud. Now, I understand that coming from, a Pey- from Peyton Royce's standpoint and from any female wrestler standpoint, basically. Yeah, I understand this. And a lot of other female wrestlers and female employees of WWE attacked, basically attacked David Dave Meltzer about this and shamed him and blah blah blah. And I get all that. I really do. Like it, he definitely misspoke. He it was not. I but this now here's where it, here's where I want to talk about this because I I he 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 misspoke. That's he was not implying that she was that she's fat now or getting fat or like anything like that. She, he was, he's strictly talking about her boob job. Like that's what he talks about because he is a big dis. He, he, he does not like female wrestlers getting boob jobs. So that's, so then he had to go on his next show and he had to apologize about all of this. And so he's just getting major backlash from all of this. So I'm so Connor, I want to hear your thoughts on this. So this was supposedly supposed to be about a boo job, huh? Yes. That's that's all it was about. Why didn't he just explicitly say that at, at the time? I mean, he can't. If I mean, if he, if that's what he meant, why not? Why just be outright and just say it? it was like instead of instead of saying, "Oh, it's you know she looked lighter." I mean, come on. I hate to be that kind of like that like hipster guy here, but it's 2018. It's 2018. You should know at this point, especially given the business that he's that he's that he works around, and given the fact that there's this woman's revolution and everything going on. Okay, you have your gripes about their promos. Fine. You have your gri- You have your gripes about their wrestling in the ring. Fine. You have your gripes about you know just how they've been handled on the main roster. Preach to the choir of almost everyone who's come up from NXT in the last year and a half. But that is fine. You don't like the fact that she's, that they're trying to make her look more, quote unquote, iconic or whatever, you know, to really fill out the gimmick. And then she got a boob job. Just say that. Yeah. Like what, like what, if that's what you meant. Yeah. Why don't, didn't he just say that? And then the part that got me, and I'm like scrolling through his timeline right now because <laughs> I'm trying because I'm trying to find the apology tweet. Oh, yeah, his, well, he he had a very long apology on the next Wrestling Observer after all of this comes out. Oh, oh, um, I'm sure he did yeah. because every because everyone in WWE just took shot after shot after him. As my favorite, right my favorite, it. my favorite shot was Seth Rollins, who who simply <laughs> tweeted, "Minus six stars, Dave." <laughs> My favorite one was when Corey Graves straight oh, up said on, yes. on this on this week's Tuesday Night SmackDown, I was like, oh, I can tell you for certain, both Billy Kay and Peyton Royce look absolutely, I've, I've seen, I've followed them since NXT, and they still look, you know, and, and all of that. Yeah. I'm I, honestly just still scrolling to find I it, would, and, I, uh, and since, eventually I will. Yeah, while you're scrolling, I would like but, to, I, I'm pretty sure I said this, but I would like to clarify, I don't agree with what he said. While I do... I'm trying to defend what he meant, but I still like he deserves everything he's getting because he worded it badly. 
he said he said some bad things and even in his apology he said he misworded some things like you can tell this dude is only really good at wrestling <laughs> but i i would like to yes i do not agree with anything he said i'm tr- i'm simply trying to look at it from another standpoint because yes i do know what he was trying to say he's not i don't think and this is obviously i don't know for sure but i i'm fairly certain that he was not trying to say that she has gained weight or anything like that but she he was simply stating the fact that she got a boob job so and he is he is famously against boob jobs in wwe so that's the only thing that i just want that's to clarify. the thing if he's so famously against it then just be outright and yes just say i agree that. i agree and then his and then his apology which again it was so long ago i can't really i can't find it because i'm st- literally i've the moment you started talking about it, I started scrolling, and I still can't find it. But he, but his initial apology on Twitter when when he he quoted or retweeted uh, Peyton Royce's yep. tweet. Do, do you have it? I do not. I I have it right here. Um, he, yes, he he quoted Peyton's uh, initial tweet that I read before, and he said, "I'd like to apologize to you. You are an exceedingly attractive woman." I do realize the lengths and pressures of women in the entertainment world to maintain unnatural looks at times, um, and am glad you pointed this out. That's even worse. Like it's kind of like okay, like first you're ripping on her because it's like oh well you look you look you look lighter and everything, and then afterwards it's like oh yeah you're right. Uh, you like, yeah, you're right. I said something stupid. You're very, very beautiful, and I get, yeah, I get. That was the most half-assed thing ever. Yeah. Like, like literally, like, how in an apology can you make yourself sound more of an idiot than you already did? Like at first you're just like, oh, well, she looked lighter, and then you're just like, oh, I mean, you're 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 still beautiful anyway. Like you missed the mark. You missed the mark. Ooh. Um. He. I have a quote from his apology on the Wrestling Observer Radio. Um, apparently according to this article it says an emotional meltzer followed up with yet another apology on wednesday evening on the radio show stating quote i am completely sorry no matter what i meant it doesn't matter because of how i or because how i said it was wrong so okay so he at least and again (laughs) i'm probably coming off like i agree with him here but at least he's now acknowledging that he misspoke and that he's saying all this bad so but but again to your point he needs he he just needs to be more clear in what he's saying like 100 percent. he needs and and even his tweet apology is kind of like i'm sorry that you that everyone misinterpreted what i said and that i wasn't clear about what i said i'm sorry about that but like it's not like he he, he didn't really <sighs> Yeah, like I said, he's he's like apologizing because we took it badly. It's not he's not apologizing because he said it. Right. And then I'm looking at some of his other tweets and everything and then here's a back and forth exchange here with Tyler Breeze that he had. Oh boy. And every and everything. It on honestly my my big thing is this like you know how does he not know that his words carry a significant amount of weight in the wrestling community. Yeah. Whether it's fans, whether it's actual performers, whether it's, you know, executives, 
his words carry weight. And then you go on and say that, like, instead of just beating around the bush and everything, say what you mean at that point. Because we all know how you feel about a certain thing. Just go out right and say it. Just go right out and say it. Absolutely. Don't, don't say something about how she looked lighter and everything. And then... And then make it seem like you know basically body shame here. And then come back with the apology and saying and all, all these billion different apologies, saying I realized from my mistake and all of this, and she's still really beautiful. That's not. You're not apologizing for what you said or the context of what you said at all. You're just saying, oh well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're you're still beautiful, even you know even if you're lighter or heavier. <laughs> just, you know, like I was so mad when i saw this honestly and there's probably a few people listening to this and pete and they're just like oh well, when did connor all of a sudden become this champion for uh for, for, for women's rights and rights and racism and everything since always i just i, was gonna I say, just uh, yeah i can attest I was, to that i was gonna say i have always had that i just picked and choose my chose my spots to say it partially because some of the people i was around i knew that I shared completely different opinions for me and the other part was I didn't want to get myself caught up in a in a big fiasco in the last few months of school. Now I don't care. This is unapologetically me right now. This is a podcast that I damn co-host. So you're hearing my damn opinions on this, and I hated this when I saw this tweet. So I just think that he missed the mark, and I really hope that after the whole dust settled and everything, he really did learn from what he said. Yeah, because it. It's words like those and, pe- and statements like those, and I don't want to say people like him, but there are people out there who share his opinion but multiply that by, like, 20, who, you know, where it diminishes women's wrestling. And it's come so far from the days of where they're in lingerie matches or basically, or it's basically televised bikini mud wrestling matches, and they've come such a long way. And statements like these take us back about 10 years when we were already at this point, you know, when we were trying to get over this, yeah. when we weren't, when, when they were still divas, they weren't performers. They weren't WWE superstars. They were divas. So right. I hope he really did learn his lesson because I mean, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay and the entire division in WWE, Raw, SmackDown, NXT and every woman's wrestler across the world. They are incredible performers in their own right. You know, they're in whatever type, whatever type of style wrestling they are, excellent, perform- excellent performers. You know, beauty should not matter. How one looks does not matter. It's part of the reason why I really like Ruby Riot's backstory because the whole tattoos and everything and all of that. And look at her; she plays a fairly prominent role on WWE Raw. So, yeah, I would. I think Demelzer is a loser here in this situation, and I really hope he did learn from his mistake and just. Pick and choose your words, and next time, if we all already know what you mean by something, just say that. At least, I would much Even rather then, us... just just be more clear in what you're saying. Or better yet, just don't say anything at all. That too. Just just don't say anything. <laughs> that too. Dave Meltzer loses. Now, before we wrap up the podcast, one last thing from both Connor and I. Connor, what's your one last thing? By the time this podcast, by the time people have reached the one last thing part, I will still be traveling. (laughs) (laughs) 
I would just like to I would just like to specify that I am still on the road to this damn wedding. Yeah. <laughs> By the time we we reach this point, so there's that. Yikes. Also, now that well, one second, I don't know if you've seen, but I'm sure anyone who follows Warhawk football and everything has seen the new locker rooms and everything that's been put up, and they look insane. I've heard I've heard such good things about them. I haven't seen them yet, but oh, I... the oh, the pictures and everything are already up on their Facebook. And oh, Twitter I'm gonna page. have to go They're... look at them then, dude. It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. I won't even lie when I say I'm gonna. If the next time I interview Coach Bellis, I'm gonna hope and pray I can do it in there and not the <laughs> student athletic complex. Yeah, but yeah, no. I'm. I think my one last thing will is in 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 accordance to kind of in relation to that is. I'm a little bit surprised. It's a. It's. I'm. I'm thinking about it more because people are talking to me a little bit active more actively about it. This is the last ever year I'll be calling Warhawk football on UWWTV when I get back. This is the last year. And I it's, I started to sit back and think about it. I was just like, oh, damn. Like, this is it, actually. And it's weird. You know, it's, 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 very, it's very weird. So I'm very excited because I'm just very excited for college football to come back in general. And I'm just fortunate, you know, to be a part of it regardless of what division it's just kind of bittersweet it's very bittersweet now that i actually kind of think about it (laughs) all right um my one last thing for today is a feel-good story actually about wwe nxt because tomasa champa who has been playing this ultra heel character on nxt tv lately he apparently behind the scenes him uh, Johnny Gargano and Aleister Black, the three, basically the three top guys in NXT right now, but specifically Ciampa, are apparently they are fantastic locker room leaders. Like they they have taken the role of locker room leader for this NXT class right now. And apparently, the, from a from a story from Triple H, apparently when uh, during the May Young Classic tapings, one of the one of the better female competitors who I believe was scheduled to f- uh, wrestle in the finals and potentially win the May Young Classic, she very gruesomely injured her knee during the tapings. And when she was helped to the back, obviously officials were tending to her, blah, blah, blah. And when Triple H walked up to her, Tomasa Champa was next to her and holding the ice pack on her leg while she was being... Asked by doctors, you know, what hurts and everything. And while they were tending to her, while they were looking at things, he was the one sitting next to her holding the ice pack, making sure that she was okay. So I've, I've never really heard about any of this stuff behind NXT, like locker room stuff behind closed doors. But to hear a story like that just makes me love NXT more, first of all, because they have kind of established locker room leaders which is great i don't i've never heard about anything like that for smackdown or raw but i it just makes me love tomasa champa even more the dude is he's a fantastic character first of all like he plays his character he's in his character 100 percent of the time um as far as like social media goes when he's out in public obviously in the ring and outside of the ring but and he's a fantastic worker he's a really good wrestler all of that stuff he knows what to say. He knows how to say it. He knows, you know, Twitter stuff, everything like that. He's fantastic. But apparently he's a great guy 
and apparently he's a good locker room leader, and that just makes me love him even more. So feel-good story about the ultra heel, Tomasi Ciampo. Connor, you want to bring us out? Man, I did, I'm, I'm still upset that she... I mean, the, yeah, that was... Oh, man, that was... <laughs> that was that was brutal, but I saw that. St- but I saw that story too, and I was just, I was just like, you know what? I'm. It's so cool to hear just every superstar. You know, they they always talk about how it's like a family backstage and everything. You mm-hmm. kind of get that whenever you watch reality TV shows or even reports like this. And it's super cool. So yeah, that's really awesome, and I really hope she has a speedy recovery because I thought she could really set NXT alight, even that tournament alight. Honestly. Yes. Yeah, that's too bad, but no, props to Ciampa and really everyone backstage who was quick to attend to her. <clears throat> but with that said, one, let's hope I've arrived at my destination by the time this is finally over for some people <laughs> when this episode is released. <laughs> and two, to hear this episode and you want to go to one of three. We can actually say that with certainty now. Three places first place itunes search us at first round ko give us a five star rating and leave us a review if you like but also subscribe that is the biggest thing you want to do the second thing you want to do is find us on soundcloud whether you have apple products or not find us on soundcloud at the same name first round ko and also you can find us on stitcher as i like to call it and we'll probably forever call it the, the spotify of podcasts we are there now, and that is on iTunes, Google Play, Desktop, wherever you so please. It is there, and you can find us there. Also, shout out Netherlands again, SoundCloud fam. <laughs> <laughs> I will still never understand that. But anyways, to follow us more on the show, follow us on Twitter at FRKO Podcast. Follow Kyle at Olsen2K18, and... And complete side story before I get to me, because I'm probably going to end up posting a picture about this, but I've determined I'm going to buy that Usos flannel, by the way. Yes. I've determined that is that is on the, that is like reached the hierarchy of things that I need when I go back. <laughs> but to figure out if I do get said flannel, follow me at Connor Moore underscore seven. Links in the description. Thank you. <laughs> All right, in the next episode, I, I will be coming back from my trip and probably half asleep half the day before we record. And I, I will I will have been at a Brewer game, so my voice might be shot. <laughs> You're getting a very weak episode, most likely, is basically <laughs> what we're telling you. We are not. But it could course. also be very entertaining because we might be very tired and slap happy. So that could be interesting. Which nine times out of ten. And that's the part that's actually going to happen. True. Like no, like no, like if it's anything how we interact in person, that's most likely the end result. <laughs> Anyways, either either it's the AFC East or the AFC North. Am I gonna? T- are we gonna talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and all of them, or or are we gonna are gonna hear me go on a go on a fifty minute rant about Tom Brady and how much I hate the Patriots? Who knows? You're just gonna have to find out next time. <laughs> your guys' sake, I hope it's not the East. <laughs> but we'll see. Anyways, tune in the next time for the next episode when we shot the system. Don't make me feel this again. Things are getting eerie like the lake is down in Michigan. Had a good year, kind of tired. We're the Michelin. 
at the finish line. Go get the checkered flag. Take a couple more shots. That's extended mag. I don't mean to brag. You smell the scented bag. I pull up solo at the function. I'm a tennis stag, stone cold bachelor, acid rapping chancellor. Couple years an amateur, but never had a chance. We are. You see me as a challenge to manage your intuition.